You're listening to the Racking Roundtable podcast, episode number 29. I'm your host, David Oria, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris Agana, and we are joined by Brian Burling, our awesome guest. How you guys doing? Uh, yeah, I'm Brian Burling, uh, my official title, Director of Operations at Jinx, a uh, licensed uh, merchandising brand. Awesome. This one's a great one. Something that I apply everywhere, every aspect of my life. If you're going to be successful at this, whatever it is, make sure you're passionate about it, right? Don't just do it because there is that paycheck at the end of it or, or you might impress the right people. If, if you're not going to enjoy the ride, don't go to that destination. Hey, before we get started, let's hear a word from our show sponsor. Are you having trouble writing a personal statement? Trust me, you're not alone. We've all been there. Sometimes the hardest part is getting started. That's why Personal Storytellers created a free mini course to do just that. The course takes you step by step on how to get started writing a personal statement, taking your stories, weaving them together into a true personal statement. And the course is free, so check it out. You can find it on raccoonroundsofficial.com. They also have workshops on reviewing and revising your personal statements. All the resources are there, so check it out at raccoonroundsofficial.com forward slash personal storytellers. You're listening to the Raccoon Roundtable podcast. Here's where we all come together, share our stories about our struggles, mindset, and goals so that we all can get to the places we want to go. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so we've got Brian here with us. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us on this episode. Um, just quickly, can you give us your background, just what you do, um, and just quick educational background? Gotcha. So I'm Brian. Um, educational background. Uh, went to school out here in uh, Poway, California, Poway High School. Graduated uh, class of 1999. Went to uh, San Diego State University, straight from there. Um, which was not my first school of choice. And when I found out I had to settle for SDSU, I was so disappointed. <laughs> t- turned out for the best. Um, I, I really grew there as a person, learned a lot about myself, um, happened to hook up with this girl over at that school that lasted long term. I'm still with her. <laughs> That's all good. I'm not hating on that. Um, coming out of college, um, I got an internship at a local comic book publishing company, which was a blast, but uh, they weren't paying me enough. So then uh, from there, I moved on to um, Jinx is the name of our company. We are a uh, merchandising brand for video games. We go out and we license some of the top video games in the world, uh, as well as some of the top entertainment properties in the world. We make tees, hoodies. Uh, wallets, keychains, uh, plush toys, that sort of thing. Uh, for some of our favorite properties, we help some bring some of those worlds to real life. Awesome. I got to ask. So how did you, this is a, such a unique career, I will say. Take us through the journey uh, getting from college and, and now being uh, part of Jinx. Gotcha. Well, so my first love comic books love comic books since i'm a kid yeah my dad uh being a filipino kid obviously my dad's in the navy right so uh, he goes out months at a time he comes back and he has like a stack of comic books ready for me all all across the board marvel dcs some indies in there um 
And so I love this stuff. I, I loved geek culture growing up, video games, all this sort of stuff. So when I was in, uh, when I was in college, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a comic book writer. You know, um, I didn't start college that way. I started as a computer engineering major. But there was this one class, a GE class, right? Uh, creative writing. And one of the uh, assignments that we had, write an essay about what you're doing, i.e. why are you in college? It's supposed to be just like an exercise, right? But then what did I go and do? I took it to heart. I actually asked myself that question. What am I doing here? Why am I in college? And I decided I'm not going to pursue an education that will prepare me for one career. Because at the time, uh, I, I read some kind of stat that was like the average person will change their career six times in their life. So why am I going to spend this four years, spend this money that I'm uh, mostly my parents' money that I'm spending, right? Why am I going to spend that preparing for one career when I might change that anyway? So let me go and grab an education that I'm going to appreciate no matter the field that I'm in. And I had always appreciated um, writing. I appreciated reading. Like I said, like super massive fan of geek culture, right? Comic books, literature, movies, video games, all that stuff. So let me do that. Let me pursue writing. I switch majors from computer engineering to English. I feel like stories give us insight into the into the human experience everybody has a story and you can tell when a story sucks you can tell when that story is not real mm. so let me be good at that let me be good at understanding stories right so then i took that i was like i, I want to do this for comic books because not only is it um a literary medium it's a visual medium uh, uh gets my blood pumping comic-con 2001 i did my research right i walked straight up to the president of a local publishing company i did my research who are any comic book publishers in the san diego area so san diego comic-con went up to the president of idw publishing walked up scared 21 year old kid oh so this would have been 2002 not 2001 21 year old kid kind of nervous hey i know that you're ted adams i know that you are the president founder of idw publishing and i know that you don't have an internship program let me build that for you and wow he was like all right kid here's my card give me a call right so then my senior year of college going in he gave me this internship i started it i communicated with the school made sure that everything was above board not violating any like child labor laws or whatever and then yeah like finished out that semester offers me a job. So I'm doing what I love. I'm an editorial assistant. That means I'm reading everything that's going out of the company. I get to read all the stories. I read the scripts. I see the art in progress. It's a really cool job. But they can't afford to pay me that much. Effectively, they're still a startup company, um, at, at least at the time. They've since blown up pretty big. Um, so I got to go look elsewhere. But I still have that in my mind. If I'm leaving this amazing spot, I can't just leave for something that's just going to be a paycheck. Even though it's mm -hmm. probably a bigger paycheck than I'm getting, I still want the time that I'm spending to be valuable to me, to, be, to, to feel like it's of worth, that I'm contributing to, to the world, that I am being fulfilled on a personal, deep individual level.
So I'm looking at the ads that are out there. Find this ad on Craigslist, text-based Craigslist, text-based <laughs> the same way it does today that it looked 20 years ago, right? For a hacker clothing company? Dude, the Matrix just came out. I'm super into hacking, right? I've pirated <laughs> my share of music. I've used LimeWire, <laughs> right? At the time, this is 1999, right? Oh, well, 1999, I got out of high school. By this time, it's 2003. But all that stuff is still fresh. Um, I hadn't yet been jaded by Matrix Revolutions, you know? So I'm still into this, like, hacker culture. Let me give these guys a call. Let me give them a shot, right? I, I, I put my resume together. I sent it over. They call me in for an interview. We spend, like, an hour and a half talking about uh, video games. Awesome. They, they, they told me, um, yeah, we got like maybe two or three other candidates to call, so we should get back to you in like a week. Um, I said, cool, thanks for the time, guys. However this turns out, I enjoyed the time. You know, seems like uh, you're a couple cool guys to uh, hang with. Uh, I left. Two hours later, they called me back to give me the job. You know, so, so since then, and a philosophy of ours has been, we will only ever be successful at things that we're passionate about. So even in the operation of the business, we, we follow what we're into, right? So, so when, we, when we reach out to a new video game that we're gonna be working with, a new TV show, um, we go for the ones that we're excited about, that, that, that we have a passion for, uh, games that we play, right? Like there's big games out there like uh, Final Fantasy, right? Everybody's heard of Final Fantasy, huge game. We've never worked for them or we've never worked with them because nobody on our staff plays those games. Right? So we're not going to find success in that, even though we know there's a market and we know that there's a there's a formula there. Um, and that kind of has been something that I apply everywhere, every aspect of my life. If you're going to be successful at this, whatever it is, make sure you're passionate about it. Right. Don't just do it because there is that paycheck at the end of it or, or you might impress the right people. If, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna enjoy the ride, don't go to that destination. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> wow. I got a question for you going back to college years. Um, so you started off computer engineering major, right? You made that switch. Um, so first of all, what made you choose that computer engineering, uh, major? And then when you made the switch, or really started thinking about it, what, uh, what were any fears you had? Um, how did you finally get over the hump to make that change? Cause I do know that that can be kind of scary at times. Well, the, um, the choice to go into computer engineering was, uh, for lack of a better term, obvious. Right, like computers were still on the upswing. Bubble hadn't really burst yet. We were still mm -hmm. feeling those, like that high of those Clinton years. Um, so, so there was, and I guess still is, a lot of potential. Right, there's so many. Um, not hating on computer engineers at all. Like we, we got a lot of these uh, programmers, coders that I've worked with in the past. So much respect for what they do. Um, there's an artistry to it. Um, so that's why I had selected it in the first place. Like in my head, I was like, yeah, I can take this and get a job in video games. But I was taking those classes, uh, physics, coding, et cetera, like the standard stuff that you would see on an engineering syllabus. And I realized it didn't, 
it didn't get my heart pumping. Mm. I was I was good, but just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I'm going to be successful at it. D depending on how you define success, right? D could could I make a lot of money at this? Yes, and that is is that my definition of success? Sure, but I've always defined success as happiness and fulfillment and productivity. And if if I if I'm not finding happiness, if I'm not fi finding fulfillment in that, then I shouldn't pursue it. Right. So then, uh, what was it like? What was that fear? that was preventing me from making that switch, that conversation with my parents. Mm -hmm. Am I right? You know, Filipino kid, yeah, I got Im immigrant parents. They're harsh, they worked, they worked so hard to give me this opportunity to make a future for myself. I'm gonna disappoint them by getting into a job that's, that's not necessarily gonna give me a lot of money, like, when I when I first broached the topic with my dad, he's like, English degree, what are you going to be a teacher? Mm -hmm. You know, and I was like, I don't know. And that that's kind of the thing. Like, I don't want to disappoint you by not making a lot of money by struggling through life because I, I see it's so apparent to me how hard you work to get to where you are, and to bring me and my sister to where we were. I can't just throw that away. But more so, I'm throwing that away if I grow up unhappy. If I live a life that is unfulfilled, then their sacrifices were worthless. Mm -hmm. So then that, like the idea of making my parents happy by being happy is what allowed me to overcome that fear, that barrier, right? And so... I spent a long time proving it to them. I showed them, look, when I switched my major, I got better grades. I, I, I showed them, look, I am on track, even though I failed an entire semester's worth of classes, I'm gonna work harder to stay on track. I'm not gonna stay here longer than the four years and spend more of your money, spend more of my time. You know, so that, what what drove me to be able to achieve those goals was that passion you know you, you've, you've heard the phrase uh do something you love you'll never have to work a day in your life that's how i approached that education right when i went into these literature courses and we had these discussions and i was writing this high level poetry didn't feel like work you know so i was able to do my last semester of college i was taking 24 units because you know, wow. I was trying to hit that deadline. I was like, okay, if I'm hitting this four-year timeline that I set for myself, I got to push it. But even then, it didn't feel like pushing. You know, I'm very, I'm very involved with uh, my church, and I didn't have to sacrifice those things either. I didn't cut down on my amount of commitments over there, and I was still able to accomplish that goal. I, the, a theme that I just keep envisioning in my mind as you're talking is you know this this passion that you understood from very very young and and you know and it's kind of transcended all throughout this entire process of you you know going from college to finding your first job to or to walking up to or having the courage to walk up to a president of a company and tell them that you're passionate about this and this is something that you want to do and having you know the understanding of yourself to be able to kind of look for something better within that 
realm of your passions, right? So I, I see that theme constantly based on what you keep telling us. And I have to ask, like, where did that come from? And if it's hard for 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 even even us now to define our passions and to really, you know, immerse ourselves in that. What's the, how do you do that? Or what's some advice that you can give to people to do that? Uh, this, this might sound cliche. Shoot your shot. You know, um, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take, however you want to phrase it, right? Like, I've had, p- people might look at some of the stuff that I've been through and be like, well, he's a type A personality, right? Yeah, like he gets it because he, um, I don't know, smarter, whatever you might want to convince yourself. I got failures along the way. That is that is no that is no joke. I have had my share of rejections. When I was growing up, the amount of girls that were not interested <laughs> snap all through high school, right? My buddies, uh, I, I don't know if they would approve of me saying their name, so I won't at this point. But I had buddies that like chick magnets right I, I don't know if that term is still acceptable in today's <laughs> vernacular you know too etc but man there was a lot of girls that i was into that that rejected me left and right um i didn't have my first girlfriend really until i was 18. so, so that must have been the right choice because she's still with me <laughs> you know so one and done you. one and done man <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's my move right there but i know for sure and again, cliche, you've seen it in movies. You're going to live with that regret? You know, like, because that's the other choice. If, if, you, if you give away your shot, then yeah, you're always going to hate yourself. Like, let me try, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I resolved a while back not to allow myself to be deterred from getting anything I want. It, I, You've heard so often, you can achieve anything that you want, anything that uh, anything that you want in this life can be yours. You got to work at it, though, right? It's, it's not like it's going to be handed to you and you should cry if you don't get it. No, work harder if you want it, but be ready for the disappointment until you get it. You know, like if I didn't if I didn't resolve to change my major where would I be? I I would have completed a degree that um, maybe I wasn't as passionate about, that I didn't enjoy as much. I would probably be working, I mean, as as indicated, probably shift my career six times in my life. Um, if, If I didn't try to go for this girl who was four years older than me, would I have, um, you know, I was 18, she was 22, kind of shooting for the three pointer right there, maybe from half court even. (laughs) Uh, hey, if I miss it, it's the same as me not taking the shot anyway. You know, then uh, then I'm no worse off. And maybe that's how I look at it. Maybe that's how I'm able to get past that. I'm no worse off by taking the shot. But so, the more shots you take, the more you're going to land. True. True. You know, like I've I've seen where people are afraid to take the risk. They only want to they only want to try stuff. They only want to shoot for the things that they know they can reach. You know, so you end up shooting for, I don't know, five goals. Well, let me shoot for 25. 
Because even if I miss 10 of those shots, I still get 15, which is 10 more than your five. Mm -hmm. You know, like th th that's kind of how I approach it. Definitely. So uh, another question for kind of building off David, um, when you, you changed your major, you told your parents that you wanted to pursue you know, literature. Um, you had the pressures of them and expectation. Uh, maybe you weren't doing so well in school at the time. Um, what pushed you to keep pursuing this road? Like, did you ever think back, maybe I made the right wrong decision? What kind of fueled you and, and, and added to that drive? I long learned to um, self-reflect. You know, I, I'm constantly um, checking myself. Are you making the right decision? Um, are you still on the right path? Uh, a, a question that I frequently ask myself, what if you're wrong? It's, I, I think that's a question that too few people actually ask themselves. What if you're wrong? And so d during that journey, like while I was finishing up um, college and, and looking for a new career, I was asking, is this still right for me? And, 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 and what are the metrics by which I should answer that question? Um, it's, it's gotta be qualitative, right? Like how do you, how do you really measure that? Although there, there are some quantitative factors too. What are my grades actually look like? Mm -hmm. Am I enjoying this? Is this, um, does this feel like a chore as opposed to productivity? You know, am I, am I feeling like I'm accomplishing something? Okay. And I had to be honest with myself about those answers. Right, because you could fool yourself and you say, "Yeah, of course, of course, I'm enjoying it." But are you really? Are you getting enough sleep at night? Are you losing sleep over it? If you're losing sleep over it, is it in that good way that I'm staying up and spending more time with this because I love it? You know, like really self-evaluation, self-reflection, to to understand myself and my relationship to what I was doing. So if you if you're not um, you could end up in the same trap, right? You could say, yeah, I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about dancing. And then you go and you start taking some dance classes, but you just can't, like you watch a video, you're not keeping up with everybody else. You're not at the same tempo. You're either too fast or too slow. And, and despite going through three semesters of that, you're not getting any better. You gotta be honest with yourself and reflect. You gotta ask yourself, what if I'm wrong? You know, like it, I, I see it so much now, and I, I think this is leading to the polarization of, of this country, at least, where people are so, so sure of their belief and their standpoint. And, you know, without getting too much into this stuff, like people are at odds with one another. There's division, there's conflict, but nobody stops and says, wait, what if he's right and mm. I'm not? You know, so that that I think is the key right there. How do, how do you push through is you got to look and you have to understand when you're wrong. Did you did you always have that? Like, I feel so, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old Brian, like the reflection process during that time may be very, very different from the reflection process that you're going through on a day-to-day -day basis now, right? But how does how does someone that young 
have that type of self-awareness to be able to do that you know because because again when i i know a lot of a lot of kids that are you know going through that process maybe aren't as self-aware like where do they start to build that i i at that age i think maybe i had the seeds of it you know like it it is a skill that you do need to cultivate you know everybody thinks they're open-minded until somebody opens your mind yeah um, mm. have you guys ever heard of the dunning kruger effect no 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 no, no. So, so this is a now that i have mentioned it you're gonna see it everywhere and you're gonna look for it the idea is the confidence that somebody has in any particular subject is disproportionate to the amount of knowledge that they have about it <laughs> Right. So, so the idea is, um, I just, I read an article about why the COVID vaccine is dangerous. I read one article, right? So then now I am shouting this from the rooftops. These are the effects. Like this is why the COVID vaccine and I am an expert in this, right? So then my confidence level is sky high. When I've read one, I have this amount of, I have this amount of knowledge about the subject but i have this amount of confidence about it then you learn just a little bit more and then your confidence drops to the point where you think i will never understand this in my life right and then you you learn a little bit more and then your confidence goes up because you actually know a little bit more and then over time the, your confidence does actually increase but it is never higher than when you first learn it mm. Right, you are the most confident, and you will take that to your grave. But then you learn just a little bit more, and then you realize how wrong you are. That's how I was growing up. Um, I'm I'm sure we got a um, solid Filipino contingent in our audience demographic here. I was so mayabang, <laughs> right? Um, tr translation: What arrogant? Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> Super cocky until I was about 16, 17, right? I thought I could sing. I thought I was ready for boys to men, but I was 16 years old. But then what did I do? I joined my high school's chamber choir. I realized how much I didn't know about singing. <laughs> I realized I'm never going to, I don't belong on any stage on the planet. But then I stuck with it. I learned a little bit more and I was like, okay, this is how good I am. I am this level of confident that is actually proportionate to my skill you know so you'll, you'll probably see that um now that you know it and then you're gonna find that guy who was making the most noise he's the loudest in whatever argument it is right uh e even just like the korean barbecue guy you go and you're sitting down with your friends and you're there's the one guy who's talking about the cuts of meat all the time <laughs> right but then you realize like if you read more into it actually no this is the better one and here's why you know like find that guy and then explain hey have you heard of dunning kruger like bring that up at your next <laughs> for everyone listening dunning kruger <laughs> look it up yeah and find that korean barbecue guy <laughs> i just read in a comic book this morning um oh I, I forgot the exact quote but it was along the lines of anybody who thinks that they know all the answers because they've read one book, hasn't read enough books. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I kind of want to get caught up with um, 
where you're at now, if you could describe kind of like what you do with this company now, um, just so people have an understanding of your day-to-day. I know there might be people listening who are seeking for a job, now interested, uh, they might be in that geek culture as well, or maybe just not sure what to do, at least could kind of describe uh, what you do now. Got it. So uh, my official title uh, with the company is Director of Operations. So I was the first employee of the company. There were the two founders. They hired me about five years into the life of the company. Uh, They took their first paycheck from the company on the day that I did. So I was super ground level. And I have, um, I've seen the company grow, you know, expand, uh, contract, you know, as as the economy has fluctuated, so has the state of the company. Um, So my day to day has looked very different over the course of the past 17 and a half years that I've been with the company. Um, It's been really exciting to see us grow. And, you know, when we were at a two-year-old company or or when I was with the company two years looked very different than two years after that. And and so I've learned so much over time. Um, Now I am kind of the hub for the company in that um, I make sure that our creative team is in touch with our sales team, in touch with our marketing team, uh, in touch with the finance team, kind of making sure all of the pieces are fitting together if there's any sort of um, disagreement or, or misunderstanding between certain departments, I help to kind of resolve that and figure out where, um, which direction we need to go in. You know, taking my cue from um, our CEO, our COO, making sure that their vision gets executed. Um, <clears throat> sounds kind of vague and really businessy, but effectively, um, I have been fortunate enough to work hand in hand with like pretty much anybody who has ever worked for our company. You know, over the course of the 17 and a half years, it's probably been a good 200 people. And I have had, if not daily, at least weekly interactions with everybody, you know, from uh, ground level, like uh, warehouse staff to, you know, our controller, COO, you know, direct relationship and everything in between. So I'm able to see the different parts of the company, how, how they interact with each other, how the piece, uh, how each of the individual pieces contributes to the whole. Um, I've, I've considered myself very fortunate in that because I get to see that big picture while understanding the little ground level details and how it all comes together. Nice. Uh, this is kind of more so on the, more on like a self-reflective, uh, on the self-reflective side did you, is this what you envisioned, um, you know, going through the process and, and looking back, um, like, what are your thoughts on the things that you've accomplished, the journey, the ride that you described, you know, and the destination that you finally have landed on? Um, it's not what I envisioned. When I, when I started on this path, let's call it, I imagined myself, like, let let me be doing work that um, I enjoy. I'm going to be one tiny piece. I'll do my little part. I'll put it down at the end of the day and go home. And that'll be my contribution. Um, it, it has grown far beyond that. I'm not just, um, I, I'm not just a cog, let's call it. Um, I'm actually helping make some of the decisions. You know, I, I'm, I'm seeing the impact that my work 
or my contributions have on other people and and not just not just for their work but like for their lives like how that takes how, how they're able to take that home and help them to feel fulfilled as well and and um i have had opportunities it's not, it's not always there but I, I take advantage of the opportunities of like hey if we make this decision we can actually make these people's lives better in a certain way it might not just be it, it's great if we're able to offer them more money right if if uh if the economy if, if the business is doing well um it's great when we have those opportunities but even in other ways right um hey let me select this particular person to come with us on a convention let me go take them to boston to pax east right um i think they'll enjoy that you know and, and the, 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 they'll feel like they are um more valued contributing more to the company spend more time with one another develop deeper connections with these people so that that's probably a piece that i didn't see 17 18 years ago is that my, my day-to-day would actually be of positive impact to other people and i find that's probably one of the more fulfilling parts of, of how i spend my time is is, is ha- being able to have that positive impact on other people nice. that's great um kind of putting your your mentor hat on right let's say you i mean you've made the decisions already you had to kind of hit up a couple bumps let's say i'm a senior old kid i like what i'm hearing from your career what you're doing how do i get there you got to know yourself first like you start with a self-reflection you can't reflect after the fact examine yourself understand what you love what gets your heart beating and if you don't know that yet take the time to find out take some classes you know this is Classes cost money. If you don't, if you don't have the money, try to find it elsewhere. There's a ton of resources online. There's a ton of um, internships that you can do. There's a ton of uh, mentors. You know, talk to the people ahead of you who are one to two years ahead of you. Talk to the people who are five, ten years ahead of you. Get their insight. There's so much out there in the world. You know, like, of course. There is a plush designer out there, somebody who spends all of their time making plush toys. I would have never thought of like that is a person that, that that's a job that you can do, right? Like there's a there's somebody out there designing the next Lego X-wing. Like, that's a job. So true. That somebody so has true. to do, right? Like I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Right. Like look around your house. Um, that, that's probably a good. Um, that's probably a good indicator of what you're into. Look around your room. Do you got a bunch of anime figures? Well, see what kind of jobs there are in anime. Like, my my son is into anime, and what he talks about the most. My older son. Um, so I give him credit because uh, I got the two. Um, he loves music composition in anime. You know, like an anime music composer. Like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. What you can do, wow. but how would you know that unless you go out and explore the world and experience and don't limit yourself to just the suggestions from your parents, not to discount what your parents are suggesting because they probably have good suggestions too. They've experienced the world. They know what's out there. So talk to them, ask them, explore, understand yourself. And until you do, 
don't really commit to one thing or the other. You know, I've seen, I've seen, um, I've encountered people who are like, um, yeah, I'm super into cooking, but they haven't really explored cooking. They don't, they, they haven't like, you've watched a couple tasty videos. That doesn't make you a chef. <laughs> you know, you might enjoy it, but it, go out there and try it. You know, give it a shot, explore it. But until you um, really understand yourself and what you want out of the world, out of life, out of your experiences with other people, you don't necessarily have to commit to anything yet. You know, now I am going to caveat this with, I understand that what I'm saying is coming from a place of privilege. My parents, like I said, they worked super hard to be able to present me with these opportunities. And I understand that economically, people can't, there are some people who just financially can't explore their options because you have to eat because you have mm -hmm. to put gas in the car because you have to keep the lights on and sometimes the way to do that is to just work a fast food job because that's the only thing that you can get so i i understand and i don't i don't want to say that well the reason that you can't explore these things is because you're ignorant or you're you're not putting yourself out there no, I understand that there are some people who are just financially unable to be able to do that sort of thing. I would say if you are one of those people, find support. Build a community. Okay? Like, bring positive impact to other people when you have the opportunity to do so. Okay? Because then those people will help you in that exploration. Okay, if, if, if you are out there helping them, if you, are, if you are making their lives better, they will be drawn to make your life better. And then you will see over time, and, and, and it would take time, it's not going to be overnight, you will see those opportunities opening up. You will find that you have time to explore, to see what else is out there beyond your immediate need. And from there, perhaps you can find that thing that you are passionate about. It's a lot of great things to unpack. I mean, I love the message of exploring out there, you know, and, and building that community, both if, if you need support, but also if you're trying to figure out what it is, you got to build that community and branch out and explore, but also just, as you mentioned early on, you know, shooting your shot and taking risk, right? Cause so many careers and I don't want to name any, but some of them are just like that safe bet. We're like, I'm going to pursue that kind of like computer engineering when you begin, you began with, it's like, sometimes you got to step away from, I feel like I'm talking to myself. You got to step away from the safe bet and take those risks, which I'm so glad that you highlighted it because as a person who I find a person who's successful and other, other people will hear it's, those are the type of elements that, and, and ideas that you have to stick by. Right. Um, what do you think, David? I, I completely agree. It's to, to your, to that community piece. And it's, we, we look for people that, you know, we look up to those mentors and sometimes those mentors come from those communities that you've set up the the people that you've surrounded yourself with they're the ones that are going to kind of lead the way uh pave the path that, that you're on you know and and i think that's that's huge but exactly like like what you said there's all these other elements that need to be accounted for make making sure that you understand yourself um and being able to self-reflect and and help you understand yourself these are all like huge um i'm so glad we we were able to talk to you today <laughs> I will say this is not going to be the only episode you'll be on. <laughs> right on. Right on. 
let, let, let me take a moment um, to yeah. talk about that safe bet, right? Um, say you know that you can be good at accounting and you can make a living at it. Uh, maybe it's not what makes your heart beat. Now, your job is not necessarily the only place that mm -hmm. you need to find that fulfillment, right? So, so much like uh, say say you're much like myself. You're spending a lot of time in um, nonprofit, right? In philanthropy, I spend a lot of time in my church. If taking on that safe bet as your job allows you that freedom, that flexibility, those opportunities to to still focus on your passion, that safe bet is not a wrong choice for you. you know, you're spending a lot of time at church where you are making a positive impact, say, on, on whatever your congregation is. That's fine. You know, and then your accounting job that maybe you don't love, but you're good at, that affords you that opportunity, go for it. You know, like, find, you don't necessarily need to find that fulfillment in the job career because that's not the only aspect of our lives. People talk about a work-life balance. Um, I, I, I don't want to balance it. I want to put all of the weight on the stuff that makes me happy. You yeah, know, that, and goes, that goes back to what you said too. It's you have to have that understanding of like what the value is in in your life and the passions that drive it. Right. And if whether it's, you know, you doing these like philanthropic types of things and and that's where the, the weight of, of value is in life, then, you know, you have to pursue that. That's that's what's going to drive you to pursue that. You know, part of that self-reflection is define for yourself what success means. Mm, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And that could always change. Right. I mean, as you as you get older and as you as you're as you develop and your, your goals change. Um, and I guess just to kind of, uh, wrap things up, we we're trying to ask, uh, this question to all our guests. Um, we want you to kind of visualize, I mean, you're obviously so much further than us in our careers, but when, like say five, 10 years from now, wherever that the end result is end goal, uh, what that is, what your vision is, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? Where are you trying, where are you trying to go right now? That's tough. <laughs> like like so much of my self-reflection is backward looking <laughs> um it, it's been a while since i have like looked forward because i'm very much um f focused in the now right mm -hmm. like what is my most immediate thing um what is the next thing that i have to accomplish uh but i i, I know that it's going to involve um it's going to involve my kids and making sure that i am influencing them in the ways that are most important you know because there's there, there's a lot of influences out there that i think can um really distract my kids and and to the point where perhaps they're not living their life by the things that we've already talked about maybe there is something that is pushing them to to be in a career that they're not happy with to to live their life in a way that is not fulfilling that is not um, where they don't have that sense of achievement. And I, I think it's obvious by this point that that's so important to me. Mm -hmm. it, it is that feeling like your life is worthwhile. There's so many things out there that lead kids to nihilism. You know, and I think that's such a danger because like with that, like, well, if nothing I do matters, then I can do whatever I want. You know, um, just yesterday is another school shooting, you know, it's, mm -hmm. 
uh, and, and it's tragic. So, so I, I have these fears that most of my ambition, I think for the rest of my life, is no longer related to me, but to them. You know, I got three kids, I got a boy, girl, boy, and I, I, I've had this, um, these fortunate opportunities. I saw how hard my dad worked to give me these opportunities. Am I, you know, my sense of insecurity now um, is, are those questions like that? Am I going to be able to be as good a father as mine was? Am I going to be able to, to impact them and have them have that appreciation of me that I have of my father? Um, so, so in 10 years, what I, what I hope that looks like is not so much for my own happiness, but the happiness of my kids. Are they leading lives that are fulfilling? Are they enjoying the journey that they're on? You know, because much, much like I started this saying, my parents worked hard to give me these opportunities and it would be a, a, a disappointment to them if I was unhappy. I have that sentiment for myself. That would make me feel as though my efforts were not worthwhile if my kids were not feeling fulfilled. Dang, that's powerful, man. That's super powerful. Uh, I guess to to kind of close this out, where where can our listeners, our viewers, um, find out more about you, connect with you, um, find out, see your work, um, you know, self promote yourself here. <laughs> I mean, our, our professional stuff. Check out Jinx.com. Uh, we got we got product in uh, your Target, your your Walmart. Um, check out. In 15 days, season two of The Witcher is premiering on Netflix. Oh, and you can also pick up our uh, talking, cursing, grumbling Geralt figure from Netflix <laughs> The Witcher season two uh, from your local Walmart. So check that out. Um, you, you could find me on all the socials. It's all at Brian Burling, LinkedIn, Brian Burling, Twitter.com slash Brian Burling, Instagram, Brian Burling. It does not terribly original. But it's effective. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this dude, this was this was so good. Really, really appreciate this, you, John. Yeah, this was awesome.